the fundamental fact of existence that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle what we can't see. Okay, let's try it again. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. But not Rico. It's our handle on what we can't see. Anybody know what that is? Hebrews 11 and 1. Give that man right there an applause right there. Give that man some applause right there. I know that's a different way to start a sermon, but just kind of an icebreaker to loosen everybody up. Yes, that's Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. There we go. I had to hit it sometimes. I did it. So that's what faith is according to Hebrews 11 and 1. Okay? It says that now faith is the substance of things what? Hoped for. Things we expect. Somebody say, I'm not hoping like wishing. I'm hoping like expecting. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm looking for it. Y'all know, y'all know my favorite, y'all know my favorite uh, word, you know, um, picture this. Tell them I'm like a bus rider at the bus stop. Looking for God's word to come to pass. Anybody ever rode the bus in your life? Anybody ever rode the bus? I was a bus rider and, and, and if I heard something with a big engine... Your anticipation of God's promises coming to pass should be just like that big engine. If you see or hear anything that looks like what God promises, it ought to make you get ready. In fact, I've seen people, I used to drive truck. I've seen people start collecting their stuff by faith on a sound. They start picking the stuff up on a sound, ready to go. Somebody touch your neighbor, say, I'm ready to go. Better be ready to go. Don't play with it now. So let's, 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 let's look at some scripture. Okay? I want to take a look at Luke 8, 22. Luke 8, 22. We're going to look at some scripture here. And, and here it is. It says, now what happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, he being Jesus. Ah, and a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased and there was a calm. But he said to them, help me, where is your faith? And they were afraid 
and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the waters, and they obey him. So it happens on a certain day that they, Jesus gets into a boat with the disciples, and he says to them, Let us go to the other side. So there's a word given, right? He gives them a word. Anybody ever received a word for anything? And so, and, what, and, and so they did what we do. When we receive a word, they started moving towards the manifestation of that word by faith. Because Jesus, their leader, says, we're going to the other side. And Jesus is with them uh, in the boat going to let us go to the other side. And so they, by faith, they jump into the boat and they begin to go to the other side. But in, in the midst of their travels, a storm arises. Now, now something happens. Jesus goes to sleep, but he's still in the boat. This is very important. Now, he's sleeping, but he's still in the boat. And he said, let us go where? To the other side. Now, they wake Jesus up. They wake him up. And, and I don't have a real issue with the fact that they woke him up. Uh, that seems to be the right thing to do if you have a storm that you can't control. And so they wake him up, but it's what they say. They say, Master, Master, we are perishing. They make a faith statement. They make a faith statement. They, they, they make a statement of faith without realizing that they made it. You, you ever heard something? It's going to get worse from here. This is going to be a bad day. All you did was hit your foot. You go to work and say one person makes an off-color comment and you say, I can see what kind of day this is going to be. Faith statement. So here's the thing. Here's the thing, people of God. Be quiet if you don't know what to say. Okay? If you don't know what to say in the moment, silence is golden. Somebody look at your neighbor and go, shh. Don't say that because, because death and life are in the power of the tongue. You, you give life to stuff when you speak it into the atmosphere. So they say we are what? Perishing. They make a faith statement. Not Jesus save us. Not Jesus deliver us. Not Jesus stop the storm. We are, what, perishing. Not we might die. We are dying. We're dying and you're sleeping. How can you sleep when we're dying? He could sleep because he knew where he was going. To the other side. So Jesus wakes up, deals with the storm, and when it's over, and this is what I love about him, and he still does this, us this way. You might not raise your hand on this, but I'm going to raise mine before I even say it. Have you ever had a storm in, and then conviction sets in? A few hands clapping. The storm ends, and then he said, now why did you act like that? Hadn't I brought you out of enough storms for you to know? That I'll bring you out of this storm. So, so why are you acting like you just acted? Now you know better than that. What about me saying I'll let you die in this? What have I ever done to you to make you distrust me so? You with me? So Jesus asked the question. Here it is. Where is your what? Faith. 
why don't you have some? You have it, but you put it somewhere. I need to know, where did you put your faith? Because you have it. Maybe you're doing the wrong thing with it. But you got it. Week one, you do. But what are you having faith in? I want to teach from the topic today, faith and focus. Faith and focus. I like that picture right there. An important factor about faith is that faith can be misplaced, misdirected, or misfocused. Okay? It, th this is important for us to understand. We just saw an example of it in the scripture. They misplace, misdirected, and misfocus their faith. They were so focused on the storm, they forgot about the power they had in the boat. They forgot about all the stuff they had seen him do prior to this. And I'm blown away at how quickly we forget while we're in our most recent storm. Talk to me, church. Don't be quiet now. Come on. Where can our faith be focused, one might ask? Well, the list is coming on the screen. Number one, our faith can be focused on ourselves. Sometimes we can focus on what we can do about the situation. How we can fix it. This is why we lose sleep. We lose sleep because we're up trying to figure out how we're going to get out of this. Amen. So I'm sure they rowed the boat until they couldn't row anymore. They fought the storm until they couldn't fight anymore. And, and my question is, when they saw that the storm was getting out of hand, why didn't they wake him up then? It's because most of the time we're trying to work it out ourselves. Number two, we put our faith in others, other people, looking for other people to help us out. We, you, I need you to pray for me. I need you to fast for me. Now, we won't pray and fast for ourselves, but we need somebody else to do it. And we're looking out for people to get to bless us, to give us money. And, and we got people in our Rolodex that we can call and, and look towards. And we put faith in people. And that's why sometimes God puts people in a position where they can't help you. Oh, I wish I had a witness here. Uh, the people that you always could go to, I can, I can go to so-and-so because I know I can go to them. They'll help me. And then God will make it where they have bills too. <laughs> and you, you ever had somebody, you ever had somebody tell you no that you knew could do it? <laughs> oh, help me, Holy Ghost. You ever had somebody tell you no? You knew they had it. You, you knew they had it. You're looking at the house. You're looking at the car. You're looking at the clothes. You're looking at the jewelry. And you're saying, I know you got it. But they told you no. Oh. In fact, God has given me the kind of boldness where I tell you, I don't say I ain't got it. I say I'm not giving it to you. Oh, don't y'all don't y'all dislike me after this sermon now. Hang in there. Because see, I've learned, I've learned to hear the Holy Ghost, and I've learned to hear when I'm helping somebody stay in a bad spot. Because sometimes when you help people, you're really hurting them. Sometimes, as Bishop Jake say, you feeding an addiction. So sometimes the Holy Ghost will say, no. 
Now, I know it hurts to say no, but I've learned how to use the, that word. I used to struggle with it back in the day, but I'm a little older now. It flows a little more easy. No. Oh, I feel that in my spirit. I'm going to say it again. No. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the answer is no so we can go to the right place. Because we hadn't even been to God. See, people and us are connected. I really could have just said ourselves, others. Because when we go to others, we're trying to fix it ourselves. The third thing we tend to put our faith in is circumstances. If I don't get this bill paid, I'm going to be in the dark. If I don't have, if I don't get, the, if I'm in the dark, they're going to take my kids. If, if circumstances. Somebody come up to you and say they're going to lay off in six months and you already. Talk to me, church. Talk to me. You call somebody, they don't call you back. Lord, I wonder what I did to them. They, they're mad at me now. And they, then they get on the phone. Hello. And then. Anybody ever let the circumstances get the best of them? Come on, raise your hand. All over the church. All over the church. But say this with me. I'm delivered now. I'm delivered now. No, no. Circumstance. Can we put faith in circumstances? That's what they did. That's what they did. We are perishing. Oh, your faith is in the storm. You have more faith in the power of the storm to kill you. Do you have in the power of Jesus to keep you. Faith, when we're fearful, we're putting faith in the thing. And then the last thing we tend to put faith in is faith itself. Be careful about putting your faith in your faith. All you got to do is have enough faith. Faith. And people put their faith in faith and then nothing happens. How did you get over it? It's my faith. Not so. Ooh, pastor, what you talking about? I'm talking about faith. You cannot put faith in faith. The power of faith. No, the power of God. There that foot stomp go. There it is. You said it. We put faith in faith. We, we, we trust our ability to believe. And that's faulty. Because let enough pressure hit us. And then the devil saying, now where's your faith? Now. You can't put faith in faith. That's, that's not enough. It's just not enough. Say amen. Our faith focus is reserved for God. That's where you put faith. Not in ourselves. Not in others. Not in circumstances. And not in faith. Faith is reserved for God.
Let me, let me show you something in Mark eleven twelve. 12. It, it, it'll be on the screen. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Jesus now. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came to it. He found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. This is important. The tree has leaves on it. Which is a sign that it should have fruit. But it wasn't the season for figs to be on the tree yet. But the tree presented itself. As if it had fruit. Let that sink in right there. And Jesus answered. Now I, I said, why did you say answer? Did the tree speak? It did. With the leaves. The leaves said, I have fruit. So Jesus walked toward it and discovers it has none. So he answers and said unto it, watch this. No man, he's talking to a tree. No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples, what? Heard it. So Jesus walks up to a tree that should have had figs on it, but didn't, even though it wasn't time for him. And he, did, he didn't lay off of it because it wasn't time yet, it, but it represented itself as being something that it wasn't. So he curses it and tells it, you'll never produce fruit again. Last season was your last season. And he says it so that the disciples can hear it. He talked to the tree, y'all. And, and he says it, and, and, and I want to show you visually what he did. Walked away. He didn't stop to wait to see. He had so much faith. It was going to die. He walked off. Now drop down to verse 20. The next day. In between there, he kicked some people out of the temple and said, my father's house should not be a house of thieves, but a house of prayer for all people. And the next day, he's headed back same way in the morning. Somebody say in the morning. As they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from where? Its roots. So it died its ability to pull in the sustenance that it needed to live was cut off. So it didn't, it didn't die from the top down. It died from the bottom up. Jesus. Ah! Watch this. And Peter calling to remembrance. Wait a minute. Yesterday. Jesus told this tree. It was going to die. He said, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. Peter had to show Jesus it was dead. Which means he wasn't looking to see. Peter had to point it out to Jesus in order for Jesus to even look at it. 
Because when he said it, he knew it was dead. As apostle, can I borrow from you, apostle? Jesus knew it was dead while it was still green. See, you waiting on it to turn brown. But Jesus knew it was dead once he put a word on it. Why are you waiting on things to change before you believe? Apostle said, don't wait till you feel better to know you're better. Believe you're better while it's, come on here, while you still feel bad. I got a little sniffle, but I believe. Calm down, Paul. And Jesus answering saith unto them, <laughs> have faith in God. Want to know how to see miracles? You want to know how to see big trees dry up? You want to know how to receive healing? You want to know how to see things on your job get better? Come on, do you want to know? Have faith in Not in your ability to believe. Have faith where? In God. The Amplifier says it this way. Have faith in God constantly. Take a look at God. We need to know who we having faith in. Psalm 102. Ready? Long ago. I want y'all to really listen to this now. You laid the foundation of the earth and made the heavens with your hands. They will perish, but you remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will change them like a garment and discard them. But you are always the same. You will live forever. Malachi 3 and 6. For I am the Lord. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. I, I got more. Jesus Christ. Oh, come on. Y'all know that one. Is the same. Help me. Yesterday. Come on. Today. Come on. And forever. And the Message Bible opens it up even more. But Jesus doesn't change. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, he's always totally himself. Why did we read those scriptures? Because it exposes us to a theological term called immutability. Say it with me, class. Immutability. Say Jesus is immutable. It means that he does not change. To mutate, it means he doesn't mutate. He, he doesn't mutate from being one kind of God to another. He does not undergo a change. He does not become different in essence, losing his original nature. I have more. 
He does not convert. He does not alter. He does not modify. He does not vary. Basically, he does not change. You see, everything else you could put faith in changes. We change. People change. Circumstances change. And our faith, or we might not admit it, but depending on the circumstance ourselves and people, but God never changes. So here's, here, here's the things that matter in faith. Here are the things that matter. You ready? The quality of faith matters. We, we learned in our very first sermon, very first sermon, you don't need more faith. You need strong faith. You need a quality of faith. If you have faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed, so you, do, you don't need more. You just need to develop what you have. Use of it changes its quality. But more important is the object of faith. All faith must have an object. Something you focus on. Something you put your trust in. Something you depend on. Or someone... And God is to be the object of our faith. An object is someone or something that your attention or your interest is directed toward. Or simply your focus. We need a, we need a focus. Somebody say amen. And, and the proper focus or object of faith is who? God. Give you an example. Are you ready for this? Hebrews 11 and 11. By faith, even Sarah. Wait a minute. Why does the writer say even Sarah? This is, this is setting us up to understand that Sarah is in a position that most people aren't. See, when you say even, even so-and-so got an A, that means he's somebody who normally doesn't get an A. So, so even Sarah, so Sarah is the kind of candidate that this kind of thing does not happen for. Are you with me? Even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive a child even when she was long past the normal age for it. Because she considered him, watch this now, who had given her the promise to be reliable and true to his what? Word. So this shows she didn't put her faith in the promise. She put her faith in the person. We have more faith in the promises than we do in the one who made it. Jesus. So you don't put your faith in the promise itself, you put your faith in the one who gave you the promise. Why? Because he's reliable and he's faithful and he never changes. That's why we believe the promise. If a liar made you a promise, you wouldn't believe it. 
If somebody who borrowed your car last week took it and stayed gone for five hours, if they come back to you today and say, let me borrow your car and go to the store, I'll be right back. Likelihood is you won't let them have the car because they lied to you last week. They might be lying now. But if they took the car, went to the store, came right back, put some gas in it at the parkers before they came back, then that person, you'd be like, here are the keys. The only reason you believed them is because of their past track record. It's not the promise, it's the person. So what you put your faith in is the one who performs the promise, not the promise made. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody say, I believe God. That's why the promise is good, because he is good. Run his credit. I dare you to run his credit. Check his faithfulness score. It's off the charts. Come on, run his credit. Look back over your life and see what he's done for you. Look back. Come on, look at last week. Look at last month. Look at last year. Look at last decade. Come on, look. Look at what he's done. Look at the list of things God done for you. Tap your neighbor and say, run his credit. bust a move right now because I got a promise from God and I believe that he who promised is faithful that's what I believe I believe the one that made the promise is good for it if he could raise a little girl from the dead he can deal with my sickness if he could feed 5,000 with the fish and the loaves, he can pay my mortgage. I wish I had a witness here. Come on and talk to me, somebody. Woo-hoo. If he could walk on water, he could get me out of this mess. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He's good for it. Somebody say he's good for it. Here's the thing. You don't know which promise he's going to fulfill over which circumstance. So just trust him. Now, if God is the object of our faith, and our faith is weak, Houston, this means that we struggle with our confidence in God. Now, I know we're in church. This is not the kind of environment where you confess that you're struggling with your confidence in God. This ain't ain't where you do it. (laughs) You might do that at the house. Or while me and you sitting down eating some soup at lunch, you might, Pastor, I struggle. But in church, I ain't got no problem with my confidence. I, well, if, if God is the object of your faith, why 
Why are your faith struggling? When I say yo, I mean us. Elder Smith, blood all over this thing here. It's all over the place, boy. All over the church, blood everywhere. We, the word cutting all us. I'm applying pressure to my wound. I, come on, just go ahead, go ahead and go and be going to apply some pressure to your wound. Come on, because the word got you. It got you. Somebody say, got me. Got me. Ain't no need in us acting, Cherie, like it ain't us. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Not my brother, not my mother, but it's me, oh Lord. That's the truth right there, you hear me? Lord have mercy. Ain't no shame. That's why God sent this word. Listen to what Jesus says in Luke 8.25. You ready? He said to them, why are you so fearful? This amplified, blows it open. Where is your faith, your trust, your in what? In my veracity? That means my ability to be true. And my what? Integrity. Why don't y'all have more confidence in me than that? Listen to Jesus. He sound a little hurt. All y'all see me do. And you can't trust me to keep you alive on a boat ride. We, we on a boat ride. And y'all can't trust me in a lake. It's not like we're in the Atlantic. We on a lake. You know what we're afraid of is really not as bad as it looks. But the storm, I have you thinking that you're in the middle of the ocean when you're in a, a pool. And I'm not talking about the neighborhood pool. I'm talking about one of them little pools that you fill up with a water hose. A kiddie pool. And isn't it just like God to get you out of the storm and then turn you around and let you look at what you came out of and then you say to yourself, now why did I lose sleep? Why, why didn't y'all have more confidence in me? What about me? What have I ever done? What have I ever done that would make you think that I would promise you something and then not do it? How come you don't believe in me more than that? He didn't say nothing about his word. He said me. 
Confidence is simply faith or belief that one will act in a right, proper, or effective way. Lord, I don't know what you're going to do, but I know you're going to do it. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you're going to do the right thing. See, here's what trusting God is, not having a clue how it's going to work out, but you know he's going to come at the right time, and he's going to do the right thing. That's all I need. Somebody took it, touch your neighbor and said, that's all I need. I know he's going to come at the right time, and he's going to do the right thing in the right place. He's so good, he knows what's appropriate in every situation. Because I'm going to tell you, some of us trying to use last storm stuff in this storm, and it won't work. God's so smooth with it, he tell Moses one time, hit the rock. The next time he tell him, talk to the rock. But we take stuff in our own hand, and we hitting what he told us to speak to. It is the feeling of belief that someone that one can really rely on someone. That's firm trust. So in church, what we do, we teach principles and processes, which are important and they're valuable to every believer. Principles, processes. That's what a lot of we teach. Principles and processes. Step one, step two, step three, step four, five, five steps to bigger faith, ten steps to a blessing, fifteen steps to a breakthrough, twenty steps to a headache. Because that's what you end up messing with all them steps. Ain't it true? You're right here with all these step books. <laughs> step books all over the house. Back porch, front porch, kitchen. <laughs> step books, step books, step, step, step. And all these processes and stuff. And they're valuable. They're valuable now. But your faith has to be placed in the person. Not process, processes and principles. The person. He gave us the process and the principles. They work because of him. He doesn't work because of them. I just got that. The principles and the, and the processes work because of him. He does not work because of them. You can make God move by say what? No, God said I'll move because I put this in place to show you that's how I flow. Not to get me to flow. So let's do some confidence building. Anybody ready to do some confidence building? So we're going to look at some scriptures that tell us where to put our faith and what the results are of putting our faith there. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with a little bit, with a corner of your heart. Huh? With the heart you have left over after you used it up on... Trust in the Lord with how much? All your heart. And where are you not to lean? I want to stop right here and say, stop it. Cease. Desist. Do not lean on your understanding. Those of you who've been around real life for a while, you know what I'm about to say. Because your understanding is rickety. Your understanding is like that, that table with a card folded up, up under a leg. That if you lean on it too hard, y'all ain't never had that table before. I'm talking to the wrong church. All y'all tables touched the ground forever, but mine had some issues. 
In fact, I had them chairs that if you lean this way, that bad boy would, we're like Fat Joe, leaning with it and rocking with it. Y'all don't know it. Our understanding is faulty. His ways are higher than our ways. His, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. As, as, high, as far as the heavens are from the earth, that's a long way. Don't lean to your understanding. What? Seek his will and how much? All you do. And what will happen? He will show you which path to take. You don't know what, you don't know what to do? Ask God. You in a situation that's too much for you and you don't know how to handle it? Ask God. You got somebody on your job putting pressure on you and you don't know how to deal with that person? Ask God. Your money is funny and your change is strange and you got more months. Come on, you got more days than dollars? Come on, ask God. And God will show you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He will show you which path to take. We're almost finished. Samuel 22, 29. Look at this word. I love this Bible. Oh my God. Oh Lord, you are my lamp. Listen to the psalm. Samuel. Listen to Samuel. The Lord lights up my darkness. In your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale any wall. God's way is Oh, you don't believe it. God's way is Yes, it is. All the Lord's promises. How many? All the Lord's promises. What do they do? Prove true. This is so good. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? Somebody say, my confidence just went up. My confidence just went up. You mean to tell me everything God says happens? My confidence level just went up, y'all. Jeremiah 17. I got, this is so good. Let your neighbor say, this is so good. This is so good. The man who trusts in the Lord, who's confident indeed is the Lord, is blessed. Is God your confidence? Well, then you're blessed. Because the Bible says so. He will be, not God, the person who puts their confidence in God, will be like a tree. Planet by the, does anybody know the benefits of being a tree planted by the water? Can I get a witness up in here? Anybody know what that means? Look, look at what happens. Look at the benefits. Ed, Ed, I like this right here, boy. I, I'm about to preach in just a second here. It sends its roots out to water stream. If you buy the water, that ain't far. It does not fear. When heat comes, why would you be scared? You buy the water. Y'all got to catch this. And its foliage remains green. Why wouldn't it be? You buy the water. It will not worry in the year of drought. Why would you worry? You buy the water. Never will it cease producing fruit. Why, why would you stop? Get this. Notice it doesn't say you'll be like a tree that ended up by the water. 
or that just grew up. Literally, someone took the plant, found a place by the water, dug a hole. Y'all got to talk back to me. Put it in the hole, covered it back up. Listen, that's a lot of purpose. So when you put your confidence in God, apostle, God on purpose takes you and plants you out of water. And now all you got to do, watch out, is reach out. And when it get hot, Sam, and everybody else is worried, and they rocking in the office with no rocking chair, you and your chair lean back, and they say, Sam, aren't you worried? And you say, no. And in the back of your mind, you're saying, baby, it's because of where I'm planted. I ain't got a thing to worry about. How is it that we're in a recession and all them real life people are so blessed? How come they're starting businesses when they say it won't work? How come they, how come they can buy a church when they're only five years old and only got about 25 members? I wish I had somebody here. How is it that you got, how you got that car? We work on the same job, baby. You got to know where I'm planted because my trust is not in this job. My trust it's not in his bank account. My trust is not in how many people we have. My trust is in the almighty God, and he has planted me to prosper. Somebody say, I'm planted to prosper. Say, I can't help but be blessed. High five somebody and say, I can't help but be blessed. Y'all don't understand. There's deliverance in them waters. There's healing in them waters. There's, oh, I wish I had somebody in here. There's blessing in them waters. There's provision in them waters. Somebody say, I'm planted. Somebody say, there's favor in that water. <laughs> oh. I'm going to meet somebody right here by this water. God's going to bring somebody my way because it's in the current. <laughs> I don't have to go to it. It's coming to me. It's in the current. Somebody say it's in the current. It's on its way. Somebody get up on your feet and make a proclamation of faith and say it's on the way. It's on the way. It's on the way. Because everything I need to live is in the water. Oh. Oh. Somebody said everything I need, everything I need is in the water. Everything. Everything is in there. Everything that makes trees live. He, he put you there for you to prosper. Just enough sunlight. Not too much. 
not too little. See, see, let me tell you something. If you can take your time to place your plans so that they will grow, then what do you think God will do for you? <laughs> Maybe that's why it hadn't happened yet, because you're still being placed. You're wondering, why hadn't it happened yet? Why hadn't it broken for me? Why hadn't I seen God move for me yet? It's because he's still trying to find the right spot for you. Because he, he can't just put you anywhere because you're his child. You're the apple of his eye. So, so it's important that he gets you in the right place. Somebody say, God, I'll wait on you. I'll, I'll wait on you because I know when you place me. Somebody just reach out and touch your neighbor and say, don't place yourself. Don't place yourself. Don't rush this thing. Just put your trust in God. Just put your confidence in God. And God will place you. Jesus. Have a seat. Have a seat. We're going home, I promise. Somebody scream. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Blessed is the man. Walk of nine. In the counsel of the ungodly. Nor sitteth in the seat of scornful. Nor standeth in the way of sinners. same guy end up being like a tree planted by the rivers of waters and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper but, but it's not us making it work Sherry it's God making it work Psalm 62. Boy, y'all don't know how to act. Y'all hear a scripture and just, whew. I looked around, visitors was like, yes! I like these visitors. Y'all can come anytime. Y'all add to a worship, boy. Y'all brought that Holy Ghost with y'all, boy. I tell you what. Oh, my God. Welcome to real life. <laughs> God help us. Look, my help and my glory are in God. What kind of strength? Granted strength. And what? Safe harbor God. Ooh. You mean to tell me he's strong and safe? Sound like security to me. <laughs> Somebody raise your hand and say, I am securing God. <laughs> Is that good or what? <laughs> My God in heaven. So, there are five things I want to tell you about God and we're going to go home. Okay? Because I really believe you need to know these things. There's a lot of stuff now. I'm going to tell you, a lot of things didn't make the cut. I had like 15 things. And, you know, we'd be here a minute. 
So we're going to go through five of them, okay? But we have the faith teachings on Wednesdays and Tuesdays. So we'll go through those then. I want to talk about his aseity. Aseity means that God is so independent that he does not need you. No, 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 you don't, you don't hear me. I didn't say he's so independent he doesn't need us. He's so independent he doesn't need. Everything else on earth needs. God don't need. He, he's so independent. He said, I, I was trying to find a name to swear by. Wasn't no name higher than mine, so I trying to find something to swear by, so I swore by myself. God does not need. He is completely self-sufficient. Everything on earth was made by somebody. God just always been here. How old are you, God? Eternity. <laughs> How you going to have his birthday? He was always here. Because everything else has its origins in him. This, these are things that build your confidence. Somebody say, builds my confidence. So God don't need for circumstances to work out a certain way for him to help you. God doesn't need people who hate you to like you to bless you. a job you don't have the degree for. See, he didn't need you to have the degree either. He just said, I want to favor them. See, see, sometimes people ask me to do stuff and I say, well, it depends. And it does. But with God, The second thing to build your confidence is God is transcendent. Now, transcendent means that he is outside of space and time. Therefore, he's eternal and unable to be changed by forces within the universe. God, hold, wait. Wait a minute. You know, I hadn't thought about that until just now. God is above and beyond. 
That's why we're transcending. Lord, have mercy. I need to think about that. Number three, God is sovereign. God is in control and directing all things. Nothing can stop God from doing what he wants. Cancer can't stop God from healing you. A recession can't stop him from blessing you. If he wants to do it, he'll do it. Let me give you a news bulletin. The devil can't stop God. Number four, God is love. He is unconditionally committed to your well-being. That means the scripture said nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. That even means you. You can't even stop God from loving you. Never mind the devil. Never mind people who praying against you. God's love towards you is unconditional. And he is concerned always about your well-being. That ought to make you feel real good. Some people you wonder if they love you. It's true. And the last one is God is faithful. You can trust him to always keep his promises. Always. 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 If he promises something, he'll do it. Trust him. Don't, don't put your faith in the promise. Put your faith in him. See, there's faith, and then there's focus. You see? The two work together. Because how you come out is dependent upon what you focus your faith on. And a lot of times, man, we go through so much. We go through these highs and lows. People are... People who are believers, we go through these emotional highs and lows, don't we? Because things aren't looking good. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. But this, there's a scripture, Isaiah 26, 3, I think. He will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee. No, it's more because he trusteth in thee. Whoever trusts in God. God says, I'll keep you at perfect peace. I'll keep you in a peace that is unable to be penetrated. If you look in the Hebrew, it is peace, peace. Which means there's a layer of peace and then there's another layer. <laughs> so he'll keep you in peace, peace. Just trust him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word.
We bless you. We believe you. We trust you. We have faith in you. We have faith in you to heal our bodies. If you need healing, just lift your hands right now. You are our healer. There's not a sickness on this earth that you can't heal. Not one. So certainly, you can heal ours. It hadn't happened yet, but it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. So every day that you let us see through life is possibly another opportunity. It's that day. It could be today that you will completely heal us. We believe you, God. We believe you to meet all our needs according to your riches and glory. We believe you that our bills will be paid and ways will be made. We believe that you can heal our marriages. That you can cause husbands and wives to fall in love again. We believe that you can save our children. They seem lost right now. They seem so far away that maybe it might never happen. People have told us to forget, to forget it and give up, but we won't give up. We believe you're able to do it. If you saved us, you can save them, God. Lord God, whatever the needs are in this room right now, the people of God are looking to you. Their focus is on you. They've taken their eyes off the situation right now and they're looking at you. Lord God, do what only you are capable of doing. We just learned that there's nothing that you can't do. There's nothing that can stop you from being God. So, so be God in the situation right now. I speak prophetically. I speak prophetically, God, and I ask you to move right now in the most impossible of situations. Move. Where it's gotten beyond us, Lord, it's not beyond you. So I'm thanking you right now. I'm thanking you right now that you're in the situation, that you're making ways right now. Come on, somebody begin to bless the Lord. Come on. Come on, the believers begin to bless the Lord. Come on. Begin to bless the Lord. Come on. Come on, bless the Lord. Come on.